0: Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com.
1: It's all connected. Everything.
0: Episode 84 of It's All Connected, and as Matthew pointed out before we recorded, uh, this is episode 084. Yeah, we got a
2: podcast of Unknown Origin. That that is awesome. Which is our our subtitle for the show
0: from now on. It's All Connected, Podcast (laughs) of Unknown Origin. Yeah. I love it. Uh, So we'll start off, uh, a little bit of news. Kind of like we talked about last week, we did get... I didn't think we'd get anything, but we actually got an Electra teaser. Uh, As we record this, yeah, it is Wednesday night, the twenty fourth. Supposedly, the full Electra trailer will drop tomorrow, the twenty fifth. But we did get a look at at, uh, Miss Nachios.
2: Yeah, Uh, I mean, we got her costume, or you know, at least what she's gonna. I'm assuming probably the only one she'll have this season. Yeah, yeah, but you never know. A lot of black. Yeah, it is. It it looked like it was mostly black, and then sort of on the chest, there was almost like a sort of like ascot that was red. Um, And we, well, actually, you know what that is, because there were sort of some promo images. uh, I think it was sometime last week on MCU Exchange, they posted some promo images that they found somewhere on Tumblr, and one of them was Elektra with like a red bandana over her mouth.
1: Right um, right sort of
2: like covering her neck and mouth. so I'm now that I think about it that's probably what it is kind of coming out of her like top, like tucked down because in the little shot we see she doesn't have anything covering her face, so I'm guessing she pulls that up and but yeah, that was kind of the only red, which is um, I, I guess surprising, but then I suppose you know Daredevil is so red that maybe they don't want to sort of cause confusion with I that think, for now, but yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it gets back to what looks good on the comic page may not necessarily look so good on film kind of thing. Definitely. You know?
2: And her her outfit is notoriously sort of would be problematic to pull off. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I, I, I do think they probably want to leave this sort of like all red look for, uh, you know, even though Daredevil has some black in his too, but, but you know, I... I think with a lot of these comic book shows and movies, I mean, the movies have proved it. The costumes are sort of always evolving. So, you know, I, I can, I'm sure we'll get a different version of an electric costume next season and probably same with the Punisher. Cause so far we haven't even seen him with the skull t-shirt. Right. Right. <clears throat> so that might, that might not be something that comes until the end of the season. That might be kind of like a big moment. Like, um, when, you know, Matt gets the, daredevil costume so we might see something like that where maybe he sort of embraces um, his vigilante identity more and pulls on the skull or something
0: yeah and it could be you know we need to find out what her mo is you know if she operate if she is truly operating as a vigilante or assassin and she's kind of operating in the shadows having a bright red costume is probably not a good plan to uh stay right. hidden
2: it, it, yeah it was always a It's always been pretty iffy that her and the hand wear all red, but they're ninjas. So, um, again, you know, it pops on the comic page. But, yeah, it it definitely makes sense. But, I mean, you know, we, we saw her with her size. Yes. She's got those, so she definitely has her signature weapon, and she is definitely using it on people. So... Yeah. Um it's a shame that this'll this will drop right when the trailer drops. We'll have to wait until next week to talk about whatever we see, but I'm excited. Yeah, me too.
0: Me too. Uh so kind of sticking on the TV front and the Netflix front, uh so there was some talk a while back about the Punisher getting a spin-off and you know, we kinda of talked about that as well and you know, we kind of prefaced it with rumor. So now, like the word is, oh no! Jeff Loeb says it's you know not happening. Which I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna read right. his actual quote because I think, I think when you get past the clickbait, <laughs> and, and you and you look at the actual title, it kind of it it's it says it but it doesn't says it. So, Loeb said, "quote I think that's something that people are speculating on as opposed to something that's actually happening." Uh, he uh, Loeb told Digital Spy it's, clear, it's certainly our hope that any of our characters will be embraced and that people will want to see more of them so he doesn't say right, it's, it's not happening but he yeah. doesn't say it is
2: <laughs> yeah I mean and it, I think that's fair that's sort of the boilerplate boilerplate response because of course he's not gonna even if it was happening he's not gonna be like yeah it's definitely happening I mean they you know Marvel is notorious about how Anally, they release this information. So I, th- I still think it's very much a possibility. Oh, and sure. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think his comments rule it out whatsoever. You know, I mean, I we've heard him and other people say sort of the exact opposite. And I think the whole thing is if they're happy about it and people are happy with, with him, I think they'll do it in a heartbeat, you know, if they can, like, fit it into their production schedule somehow.
0: Yeah, and I think, I, you know, I think they want to keep the focus on what the known quantities you know keep the focus on season two of daredevil keep the focus on the fact right. that they've renewed jessica jones that uh luke cage is coming so you know yeah. why kind of go off script because because if they if they have greenlit a punisher series or at least are moving forward with possibly green lighting it there's so much unknown at this point you why would you why would you kind yeah, of just they- de- detract from your message Exactly, and and they
2: do that all the time. I mean, rumors swirl for months before they come out and officially announce it. So yeah, they're, they're definitely not just going to drop that that information right now, especially before it's debuted. I mean, they're going to want it, if they've got that in their back pocket, they're at least waiting until the show drops. People have seen it, the reviews come in, and everybody's raving about John Bernthal and The Punisher. And like, we want to see this series. That's when they'll, you know, that would be the earliest point with, when they would come out and say, well, guess what? We're doing it, you know, you know, critical acclaim, you know, behind this character, we're going to give him his own spinoff, but that would be like the earliest. Yeah. We're certainly not going to hear about it before the show's even been seen by most yeah, people.
0: And two, you want to hedge your bets because if for some reason, yeah, what if you, what if he yeah, I was just going to say you know? what if it comes out and everybody's like, that is the worst punisher ever. Then they're, then they're yeah. host. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Exactly. Then they're going to be like, oh, okay, so I guarantee they're having those talks. Maybe they're scouting for talent, but yeah, yeah, I just, I think they've got a lot on their plate in terms of the Netflix shows. And it's it's going to have to get some pretty, like, huge, like, critical acclaim and, like, fan love for them to just sort of, like, jump the gun and be like, okay, well, we're, we're going to make it happen, you know? So, yeah, I, I definitely think that we're going to at least wait till like a week or two after the show if we were going to hear it that soon, but I think it would, even if it is going to happen, I think it'll be, you know, later when there's sort of
0: like a lull period or something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The next bit I have is we're getting more news about Marvel's Most Wanted, and uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. If if this report is accurate, uh, which uh again cbr reported this there's a lot of outlets that are reporting uh with this i i guess did it come from one of the was it like a pre uh did somebody get a hold of like uh that's what it seems like some like. studio thing like they were to like an advertising deal like to i i'm not entirely sure but that's
2: that is what it seems like it seems like
0: because it didn't come out uh, official from it, abc and marvel correct no no it didn't but but it when you i'll i'll read what it says um but it it seems like it would have but uh here's here's the text of it is centers on bobby morse aka mockingbird and lance hunter of marvel's agents of shield two ex spies and ex spouses who are on the run with no friends no shield and a long list of enemies looking to claim a bounty on their heads Able to trust no one but each other, Bobby and Hunter form an uneasy alliance with Dominic Fortune, a rogue adventurer with a wealth of resources and even more adversaries, who agrees to protect them so long as they help him with his own agenda. These two heroes will help anyone in need, all while trying to uncover the conspiracy that put their own lives in jeopardy. Cue the A-Team music.
2: Yeah. It it sort of isn't sensational enough, I feel like, to be fake,
1: you know? I mean, it
2: sounds like a synopsis. There's a couple little curveballs in there, but you know, it I guess it it roughly sounds like what we thought it would be—the two of them off on their own adventure. Um, but then I guess the, the the peculiar part is no shield, and that they're ex-spies. Whereas you know we were sort of under the assumption that they were on some sort of side mission with shield, so. I, I don't. I don't know. That, that's sort of a weird thing, and we still don't really know like what, when it will happen. Like, does it take place after the events of the season finale of Shield, or at some point? Or I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to see them sort of like disappear somewhere in the back half here, and like go off on some sort of rogue mission. It sounds like. Yeah, it
0: sounds like either. You know, may, and maybe it's a ruse. Like maybe they're quote, you know, on the outs. You know, but they're, but they're not. Yeah. But they're not really on the outs. Like it's it's a yeah. That that's pretty likely. You too. know, it's like okay, you're basic. You know, it's it's Colson bringing him in and saying, you're disavowed, and you know you're yeah. going to be put in this situation, and we're basically going to have to hunt you, and if we catch you, I can't help you, but this is what you need to do.
2: Yeah, that that could make sense. Sort of creating a little bit of internal conflict while also not really, you know, like leaving it open that they could peaceably come back into the fold if need be. Yeah.
0: The only other piece of speculation I had on this, if, if this report is true, is maybe this is how they tie it into Civil War. That somehow Bobby and Hunter end up on the opposite end of whatever side S.H.I.E.L.D. That's picks. That's a good point. Uh, and, and because of that, they, they take some action for or against the Registration Act and end up, end up on the outs. So... Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's
2: hard to imagine the events of Civil War not playing into S.H.I.E.L.D. and with the whole basis of Civil War being about sort of choosing sides, it it does feel like we would feel those sort of like ramifications on the show somehow. And yeah, there's sort of like a built-in perfect setup for this spinoff to happen based off of those events. So yeah, that's possible. Maybe, I don't know. It It's sort of a weird thing though, because... The difference with, like, you know, Cap versus Iron Man is, you know, Iron Man wants to go all, you know, you know government-mandated and oversight and all that, and Cap doesn't. But S.H.I.E.L.D., every member of that team, is already working for a government organization. So it, it is sort of a weird thing that, you know, Bobby, who's a pretty diehard member of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the show, would suddenly, like, have some sort of problem with that, but again who knows i mean a, a lot of things could happen in the meantime to to change that and you know
0: i agree and like i said this you know this yeah. this could be preliminary this could change you know this could be 100% true 100% false you know we don't we don't right agree.
2: right yeah it's it's uh it's sort of up in the air but um it, it definitely seems like something like that could exist sure. though at this point yeah. i mean we're we're early enough where there there could be something that was circulating to advertisers about the show, because um, it seems like they're moving forward with it anyway. So it seems like a, a plot synopsis is, is definitely exists somewhere. So um, it, it certainly seems like this could be one of those things that in like a week Marvel announces it officially, which is usually their M.O. with stuff like this. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll know by next week.
0: Maybe so. <clears throat> the next bit I had is kind of something that created a big uproar and at the time i was like i'm pretty sure he misspoke but uh anthony mackie was being interviewed and you know he was just gushing about civil war and just how you know he feels that um winter soldier and the first iron man movie are the two best marvel movies and he was you know just going on and on about it but said that you know civil war is so much better than than both of those and he was talking about character interactions and, and interactions with his act with the actors and actresses, and one of the pairings he brought up was Scarlett Johansson and he said Mark Ruffalo. And at the and you know, these guys do these press events and he's promoting this triple nine movie, so he's probably, you know, operating on no sleep and flying, you know, right. God knows where. So I was like, Well, maybe he meant um Jeremy Renner and just said Mark Ruffalo. Like he you know, he just misspoke.
2: Uh, right, or he was just sort of talking about, you know, in general, right. or yeah, right. There's a lot of, a lot of ways that could yeah. Go. So
0: everybody, of course, the internet went afire fire and was like, "Oh, Hulk is in, you know, Civil War after all," and you know, every right, which we keep going back to over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I kind of, you know, my comments were, you know, "Hey, I, I think this is either taken out of context, or he misspoke, or." You know, he meant something else. And sure enough, he kind of uh, – he came back and just – I hate to even say retracted because that, that makes it sound like he said something in, in his – you know, in, in is changing his, his position. But he basically said, right. I just like it because this is the kind of movie where these type of actors – you know, you know he, he just was talking about in general these pairings that have gone on over the course of, you know, of these films. And, you know, he wasn't speaking specifically about Civil War but just talking in general, so –
2: Right, which, I mean, makes sense. These these movies sort of merge together so much. And, you know, just last year he was in a movie with all those said actors. So, yeah, I I just, I really think the whole Hulk being in Thor Ragnarok sort of definitely puts the the kibosh on him showing up in Civil War. I just, I feel like it's clear that he didn't have a place in Civil War, so they explicitly were trying to find a place for him before Infinity War, You know, they put him in Ragnarok and, um, you know, there's just everybody's in civil war at this point. So I just, I feel like we're safe to say that Hulk will be one of the few people sitting this movie out Yeah, Yeah. and that's okay. (laughs) So I, I don't know. I think it's, we're just gonna have to wait until the movie comes out for people to stop finding a way to think that Hulk is going to be in it somehow.
0: Agreed. (laughs) Uh. The next bit of news I have in Matthew, this is something. The next few items are are, are, are some things that you brought up. Um, is the the character that Ward has now become as of the 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 midpoint finale of Agents of Shield has been revealed mm-hmm. and
2: uh, yeah, sort of. Um, I guess Elizabeth Hinstridge was just sort of talking and and again, this is sort of a similar thing, but I, this was a little more concrete, so I think we can trust it, but. She was just talking about, you know, working on these episodes and she sort of let slip that uh, Ward is playing the character Hive from the comics Um, and or rather the inhuman occupying his dead body is Hive. Um, And yeah, it's you know, we were talking about this a bit beforehand, but Hive comes from Jonathan Hickman's run um, when he wrote the Secret Warriors comic. And a lot of the elements that have been popping up, including uh, Yo-Yo Rodriguez, who is Slingshot, who we talked about last week. She's going to be on the show. She was a member of that secret warriors group, which was led by Daisy. Their antagonist is like this new, newly formed group of Hydra people uh, who are pulling all these different figureheads together. And they create this sort of Cthulhu-like monstrosity that is sort of like Hydra personified. And its name is Hive. And so it looks like they decided to make that this inhuman creature that, you know, it seems like Hydra sort of worships and was built off of based on the things that Gideon Malik said uh, towards the end of the of last year. So, yeah, I, I think it um, I think it makes sense. I mean, it you know, it, it's another element from the Secret Warriors comic. Um, it sort of ties into this ability of this ancient creature that Hydra worships and is built off of. And, and Elizabeth Hintrich said that one of the things she saw was that Ward's able to tap into the memories of all these people that it's inhabited. So I guess it can sort of store the memories of all the people like Will and those other astronauts and basically anybody that's come to, um, you know, the other planet Maveth and been infested by this creature. So, Looks like Ward's going to be playing a, a bunch of different stuff there, and it looks like he'll have a lot of, um, you know, inside information from generations worth of, you know, Hydra sacrifices. So it's it's a pretty interesting big thing, I think that they can uh, play with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for longtime listeners of this show, uh, we've been praising Jonathan Hickman's Secret Warriors for. Years and years and years um, on this and other podcasts. I know you know John was a huge you know was the biggest Secret Warriors fan out there. Uh, so if you, if you haven't read any of that Jonathan Hickman Secret Warriors stuff, I highly recommend it. Uh, you know if if you you can yeah. get the Marvel Unlimited app and you know it's nine ninety nine a month and uh, and burn through it pretty quick. Uh, you know there's trades out there. There's an omnibus out there. Um, I have it. I, I mean I subscribe to the Marvel Unlimited, so I have it there. But I also have the the actual big omnibus that collects everything not just the secret warriors but like the the dark rain tie in and you know all the other stuff right. that uh, that they wrote uh, leading up to it and it's just it's really really good stuff i mean just a lot of like if you like captain america winter soldier you'd like secret warriors cuz it's it's oh you definitely know, political intrigue cross double cross you know spy stuff it's all that it's all that
2: yeah i mean it's it's sort of like a rogue group of shield going after this sort of new version of Hydra and so i i mean again like it's clear that they've been pulling a lot of that from the show and i think we're going to see even more of that coming up as they sort of delve more into the secret warrior stuff in this second half of the season so i mean it's yeah if you're interested in that it's definitely a, a good a good thing i think they'll be pulling even more from it and then you know if you want more of that type of stuff it's a great way to sort of like expand it um yeah (laughs) i think it's a really good really good move pulling in a lot of that yeah agreed a lot of those elements uh into the show so i'm kind of makes me even more excited knowing that they're clearly using that as a blueprint for at least the rest of the season so i think we'll probably have some more exciting things popping up
0: based on that so the next bit is martin freeman has been confirmed as everett ross i know we've we've been discussing this for a long time. He's been rumored to be Everett Ross. I mean, this is another one of those.
2: Yeah. It was
0: kind of like a safe bet
2: that it's sort of like the least, um, it's the most like anticlimactic casting news ever. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Once again, Marvel just officially confirming something that everyone was like, yeah, we kind of knew that. So, but I mean, yeah, you know, that ties into Wakanda because in the comics, he's like the, the diplomat to Wakanda. So I think that, And casting someone like Martin Freeman, obviously there's only so much screen time he's gonna have in Civil War, but I think we can. I I think it's a safe bet that we we will see him in the Black Panther solo movie. Yeah, I think so. So, I think they're uh, you know locking him in for that position. So, which which is fine by me. I love Martin Freeman. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, And the last bit of news that we have uh, is Empire Magazine has confirmed that Gwyneth Paltrow is going to show up in civil war that I guess the, the story with this is they did some reshoots and the last round of reshoots. They decided to bring her Mm -hmm. in to take part in that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's going back to the Hulk thing. It's just like, again, now one more person, it's, it's pretty much who isn't in civil war at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so I, I think it's a good move because she hasn't really had a presence You know, she had like a little bit in the first Avengers when Tony's, you know, going to sort of sacrifice himself. But, you know, he had she the two of them have such a strong bond and relationship. And we've seen that grow in the solo films. And so even though this is like a cat movie, obviously, there's going to be a lot of emotional Tony Stark stuff. So, you know, I don't know how I'm sure it'll be a small part, but still, I feel like in an effort to keep him grounded and make him not be, you know, the bad guy. And because who knows when we'll get another solo Iron Man movie, I think it's a good move to bring her in. Cause you know, she's done an amazing job as pepper and you know, we haven't heard anything from her since she, you know, hulked out on extremists yeah. and in Iron Man three. So yeah, I I'm, I'm excited. I, I definitely, I've missed her presence in the, in the MCU.
0: Uh, yeah, so. I think this will be akin to what we saw her in the first Avengers movie, where she'll she kind of have you know have that small you know bit to kind of you know set the set the tone. So
2: yeah, it hum- she definitely helps humanize. Oh, Tony. absolutely, yeah.
0: So. Yep, yep. And then kind of tied into that uh Chadwick Boseman has confirmed that T'Challa, the character of the Black Panther is a prince in the film. So they're 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 yeah. they're definitely, you know, going with the the royalty of Wakanda. So the interesting thing is if he's a prince, I wonder, if Chika- right. t- blah. I wonder if T'Chaka is still the king at least during civil war. Right. Right. And that's
2: that kind of makes sense to me because you know, we're getting this first look at him because they sort of want to introduce him and have him be this maybe linchpin between the two sides. But that's such a big part of the character, you know, that transition into him becoming the Black Panther and the ruler of Wakanda. So it seems like the type of thing that they would say for a solo film. But I guess the tricky thing is, in the comics, the mantle of being you know, the ruler of Wakanda is the Black Panther and is the suit. And I don't know if Marvel's going to get into this, but the sort of mystical endowment of, of abilities. So if he's showing up in Civil War with his, you know, vibranium Black Panther suit and he's called Black Panther, then I I wonder if that's going to work differently or he's gone rogue or, or maybe it's just, he's saying Prince because maybe he's just become you know, the leader of Wakanda or something. So I, I don't know, but it does seem like it would be hard for them to cram in the fact that, you know, his father's died. And that just seems like a lot of backstory to put into civil war. Yeah,
0: And he, and again, it could be, this is a good way to introduce the character. So that way, when he goes to do a solos movie, you can kind of hit the ground running. There's a lot of that stuff that you don't right. have to really, or that isn't a surprise to people or, you know, you right, know who right. this guy is. You don't have to, sp- you don't have to spend forty five minutes of the movie developing T'Challa as a character because we've already seen him, you know, in a prior movie. exactly.
2: So you can get to know like everything else because well, it's going to be a lot, you know. Like, unlike a lot of the other origin stories, you don't just introduce the character; you have to introduce his whole reality, right. his whole like world that he lives in. So, um, yeah. Again, I my one sort of wonder is how does he. If he's not the ruler of Wakanda, then why does he have that suit? So, yeah. I guess that's something we'll we'll see played out. I don't I don't think it's something I really thought about until now that he had the suit and he might not be yeah. king. So, yeah, they might just be playing around with that a little, or I don't know, maybe he steals the suit or something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I think I I think that's basically uh, all the all the things that happened. Still didn't get the Guardians casting news. So no,
0: and I'm I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get the official. You know, deal because, yeah, uh, you know, we have. I mean, for those interested, uh, keep an eye on James Gunn's Twitter and his Instagram and his, uh, his, uh, you know, I guess he Snapchats, you know, all this Facebook. He does Facebook, yeah. He posts a lot on Facebook, or, you know, also keep an
2: eye on MCUExchange.com. Absolutely. Because we'll definitely (laughs) post about it. But, um, yeah, you know, last week he said that an official one was coming this week, so. You know, if we got the Electra trailer dropping tomorrow, I'm wondering if maybe we'll just get it Friday. Maybe, maybe so. So yeah. they might just kind of cram it all in before the weekend. So, again, I have a feeling that by the time we record next, we'll probably have that to talk about. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially now that so. filming is well underway, it's going to be hard to exactly. you know to not confirm or deny casting. It's, yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's the news. Again, this week we got a double dose of Agent Carter. Uh, the ratings yeah. i guess you could you could take this as a good a good news bad news situation uh <laughs> the ratings didn't go down uh but the ratings didn't go up either so yeah. they held uh which is which is a good you know that is good but you know given that we've only got one more Definitely. one more episode left until actually one more less episode left this season uh i'll be curious to see how it ends and then what the lead into agents of shield is
2: yeah it's um yeah, I'm really curious about it, because they were two really action-backed episodes. I yeah. mean, they there's been some slow movement at the beginning of the season. The last few episodes have definitely picked up the pace, but, I mean, man, these, these two could almost be like a a movie in themselves. I mean, there was so much action and character development, and the plot just really ramped up, and I'm I'm sort of surprised that we only have one episode left to finish up this season's storyline. Yeah,
0: I mean, the one thing... So the two episodes we got were episodes eight and nine, The Edge of Mystery and A Little Song and Dance. And one of the things that really stuck out to me just watching them both back-to-back is the performances, I think, were were extraordinary. I mean, everybody yeah. up their game. And especially, uh, especially Jarvis, you know, Edwin Jarvis. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the... Yeah, oh my God, I mean, yeah. The, the character... Development we got um, out of James Darcy was just unbelievable. I mean, those scenes with him and Anna were uh, were yeah. incredible. I mean, just you know, just uh, you know, just showing the range that he does. I mean, just
2: yeah, he hasn't got a chance to to do uh, a lot outside of sort of comic relief. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in the whole series, so. It was definitely uh, a really nice surprise to see him really get a expand his range. And then, of course, in the second episode, him and Peggy have an incredible exchange. Yeah. Um, the two of them, I mean, Jesus, they, you know, they have such great, like, comedic presence, but they really were able to really sell their dramatic chemistry as well. And, yeah, I'm, again, just... Uh, know if that's if this is the last we see of them i even I'm, i just keep getting more and more bummed because the two of them are just like electric together on on screen yeah. so yeah
0: but uh, the first episode started it was interesting we got a flashback to season one when peggy infiltrated the club and she had the yeah the the white dress and the wig and the blonde and it was kind of cool that we got to see the other side of that, that, you know, Anna was actually listening in to Jarvis while he was talking to Peggy. And yeah, I think that kind of gave her the the intention with this was it kind of gave her her first glimpse into what was really going on with Jarvis and that what he was really Mm -hmm. doing for Howard and, you know, that there was this element of danger. And I think that that kind of allowed her unbeknownst to us at the time, to pull back away from what he was doing. Again, it gets to what she said a couple episodes ago where she's like, yeah, I I liked it better when I didn't know. Um,
2: Right. And I mean, it's, it's a good little device to give her a little more presence and a little more character development while her, while still leaving her current fate, you know, unknown uh, for the time being. And yeah, I mean, that was a moment that, you know, when he's on the phone, with Peggy he calls to his wife. I mean, I, you know, remember that moment from the first season. So, and I, I mean, I think that was maybe the first episode. Um, so it was sort of like a fun thing to, yeah. Then set up that, you know, I mean, obviously she was there, he calls to her, but you know, now we, we get to see that. And I thought it was, that was a really clever move by the, the writers.
0: And again, he, he's upfront with her. You know, he tries to be coy about what's going on and Mm -hmm. but not lie to her, just like kind of dance around it. And then when she kind of asks him specifically, he's like, oh, no, it's a lady. It's, you know, you know, Miss Miss Carter. And he, you know, he's very upfront with her about who this is. So, again, it just kind of gets back to the whole he's not hiding things from her and she's not right. Neither one or he's not operating out of guilt. She's not operating out of jealousy, which which, again, is something that was so refreshing, if nothing else this season yeah. that we got is just that it it didn't fall into the typical trap of love triangle I mean we got a love triangle but but for this, I mean normally in any yeah exactly. any kind of procedural spy, whatever, the two leads, if there's a male and a female, they always end up you know falling for each other or or dating or getting yeah. married or or you know sleeping together or whatever the case may be, and we didn't get that with this show, and i think if if nothing else. You know, I think it should be praised for, you know, kind of avoiding the cliche and and stepping away from from that trap.
2: Yeah. And letting the male and, you know, letting them have a male and female character have a platonic, a close platonic relationship. You know, I mean, most movies and TV shows would have you believe that that's impossible. Right. That, you know, women and men cannot be friends without some sort of, you know, romantic uh, or sexual occurrence happening between them so I mean it was nice for you know them to repeatedly be like no they just are really close friends and you would never question this if they were both women or they were both men and you know it's just like they're just two fully formed characters and and Anna as well you know not making her it's just like no she's a smart intelligent fully formed female character she you know knows her husband she knows her relationship and their love for each other and she knows that their friends and it doesn't ever need to even be addressed. I mean, we address it, of course, just because of how almost shocking it is that they aren't doing that. Um, but you know, there's never a point on the show where they even bring it up like, Hey, uh, don't be jealous. And she's like, Oh, I'm not, yeah. you know, it just, it just yeah. is, they just, they just act like rational, normal, you know, people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, it's great. I was, I was almost worried for a split second that during the flashback when she first finds out about her, that she would be a little like, I don't know. But again, they just, I just got to trust the writers. They just never go, you know, down that path.
0: Yeah. And then the scene we get with him by her bedside where he's just like, the more he says, I promise I'm going to do this. I promise I'm going to do that. And he starts to just like, the more he says, the more he starts to break down and the more emotional he gets and the more Hopeless he is that you know she may be gone for good and mm-hmm. and then when she slowly kind of wakes up it's kind of funny because she says you know don't make promises you can't keep yeah um and then a,
2: and that I I woke up a while ago I just yeah wanted to see how many things I could get <laughs> yeah. out of you yeah I, I mean she's great I she's just such a like joyful character yeah. you know um who clearly also has you know she's not like constantly nothing but happy you know i mean we saw shades of that and but i just love the sort of presence yeah. that she brings and um yeah it, it was just i i mean the only thing that i i thought was weird is again we sort of talked about it last week but you know it doesn't it doesn't shake him out of i almost thought one of the things he was going to promise is like i'm not gonna keep going off on these like crazy adventures
0: and yeah, stuff yeah yeah
2: um, but, but I really respect like the writers and directors and everybody for spending so long on that scene. I mean, you just kept, yeah. you know, it was a good long scene of just him like sort of mourning almost. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. They didn't just like wrap that up. Like he says one or two things and then she's like,
0: Oh, Hey, I'm awake. Don't worry. And
2: you know, it was just, they really, I mean, you really like felt it. So well, they really focused. Yeah. On and that.
0: then, so you're kind of riding that emotional roller coaster where you're like, well, maybe she's not going to make it. And then she wakes up and then he goes to talk to the doctor and and Dr. Yeah. Chung tells him well yeah okay she's okay but and then you're thinking oh man is she like i know you know what is it you know what what is she, you know is she bleeding internally does she have some kind of weird like oh her kidneys are failing or
2: i was she, thinking felicity she was going to be paralyzed
0: gotcha. yeah you know? yeah i
2: like she wouldn't be able to watch Oh sorry, Arrow.
0: Uh, oh Arrow. yeah, yeah. I thought I was like, I didn't watch Felicity, but uh <laughs> No, sorry, yeah, no, I
2: just realized, oh, there's a show called <laughs> No, I was just like, Oh, this she's gonna she's gonna be paralyzed. Yeah, and
0: I even thought it was something like more severe than that. Like I thought there was some something right. going on that she wouldn't.
2: She was gonna die in a few months, or yeah, yeah. All these things were running through my head, like
0: And then when we find out it's you know, she can't have they can't have kids, it's like man there's another stab it's like man it's like you know we're riding this emotional roller coaster of you know him having all these feelings and then it turns out she's okay and then oops no now she's you know not i mean you're basically telling this you know relatively young couple uh you know trying to to you know for the most part i would say still trying to make their way in the world i mean right now it just seems like Jarvis is so tied in with with Howard And, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, you know, they've gone from New York to Los Angeles and, you know, all this other kind of stuff going on and now they can't have any kids. It's just like, oh man, which, you you know, then your mind starts racing with all the things it's like, you know, okay, is this, is this why Tony built the AI and named it Jarvis? Because basically this is the man that raised him, you know, all these years growing up because he didn't have a son of his own. And it's just like, you know, it just starts you thinking of all these other things that are going on because... Uh, you know, because of what you know. So it just, it was, it was, it it, it, is, as devastating as it was, it it worked uh, on, on a lot of different levels.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely appreciate them sort of like flipping it a little bit on us and, you know, there's still sort of like this emotional impact, but I, I, I will say that I was sort of like with my mind racing as to all these things, like As soon as that happened, you know, my wife and I like turned to each other and we're just like, oh, okay, well, you know, at least she's not paralyzed, you know, like at least she's not dying in a few months. We're like, you know, they could, you know, still adopt or something. So it's like and and then I guess the other weird thing was, you know, they never really have this sort of moment. I, I think maybe the writers could have put in a moment where they talk about wanting to have kids. Because yeah, they've never, like, talked about that. So I think that would have, like, really, like, sold that more as, like, a sort of devastating blow to them. Whereas, I, I mean, obviously, like, the look on Jarvis's, you know, face and him not telling her, I guess that sort of infers it, that that's yeah. like, a big deal to them. But, um, yeah, I think maybe that would have been, like, some sort of little moment of that just to really, like, sell it to us. That, like, per- to them personally, like, this is, like a pretty devastating thing. Um, whereas I was just sort of like holding my breath, like, Oh my God, she's gonna, they're going to tell her, tell him that she's still going to die in like six months or something. And so I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, at least she's alive. Like, at least they didn't like pull that rug out from under us. But I mean, yeah, they, they did a good job of, you know, making you think like, Oh God, what are they going to tell
0: us now? Yeah. Yeah. So again, it just, you know, right off the bat, they hit us with the emotion and, and, you know if there's nothing else with these these two episodes there there's definitely a lot of that there's, the like I said the range uh you know in these two episodes was was pretty phenomenal but uh mm-hmm. while this is going on of course Whitney is kind of experimenting on Dr. Wilkes I mean we kind of start to see in, in these episodes Whitney Frost physicist more so than Whitney Frost anything else like you know she's really you know the science part of her brain is taking over as to you know what's out there? What's this doing to you? Why is this different to you than it is to me? And so it's, you know, they kind of have their back and forth, you know, with, with what's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, it's, um, again, it's just really neat to see all these different like character pairings, um, and see these two characters together. I mean, who have kind of been on this journey almost since the beginning, you know, they've been split up, but you know, they had this sort of, like, moment together when the Zero Matter, you know, exploded, and and ever since then, they've sort of been split apart, and now they're sort of back together, like, going through this sort of, like, mini-Origin story together, and just seeing, like, she's full-on scientists, like, interested in this, wants to know the limits of her power, and, you know, he, at least for right now, is, like, he doesn't want that. You know, he, he just wants to be, like, normal again. He doesn't want any sort of, like, powers, and, you know, he doesn't really even seem interested from a scientific standpoint as to like what's going on with him, which is totally a reasonable thing to go through. (laughs) Like everything he's gone through. I mean, he's, he's just like, I just want to be normal again.
0: Yeah. And he's starting to realize that there's something going wrong with him. Like it's starting to, you know, she, she thinks this is cool and something to experiment with. And he's like, yeah, I I think I'm probably going to like at worst, uh, at best die, but at worst, uh, you know, cause an explosion. That's going to, you know, possibly end and right the right <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i mean they they basically have these like black hole powers i mean you know so in in his mind you know she's of course already consuming people left and right but in his mind he's like i don't want to do right that. you right. know like i don't know if i'm gonna suddenly like turn into a black hole or suck people into me and stuff and so he, you know he's justifiably horrified by everything that's going on where she's like you know intrigued so I mean, it was a nice, you know, it was a nice contrast between the two of them and and how they're sort of viewing their, you know, gifts, you know, yeah. quote gifts.
0: So then the the funny part with this is is Doctor Samberly shows back up in the telex, <laughs> the, the whole telex thing where he basically Howard faxes over the designs yeah. to some crazy gizmo that uh, the only thing that was cool about well, there's many things that are cool, but. Uh, the fact that it was a gamma radiation device, and I was right, like, oh, yeah. here we go, gamma radiation. Yeah. Um, you know, what comes around? Well, I, around.
2: Yeah, when he, I, I was just remembering this, but when he decides to go off to, like, South America, I, I think they might have mentioned something about that, like he was going to find a gamma radiation expert, or, I, I'm not sure if you remember that no, not, I don't, but I don't. maybe that didn't happen, I just... I know he, there's some reason he's going to meet some sort of scientist in South America when he like disappears or not disappears, but, you know, just like goes off. Um, and I, I feel like I remember, you know, I'm sure people are like screaming at us right now, but I'm, I feel like I remember him saying something about a gamma radiation expert. So yeah, it is, it is interesting to wonder what the history of that is, uh, in the, you know, cinematic universe. Like uh, it's been a thing that has been around for a while and other people have messed with it, but you know, it wasn't until it didn't get a huge focus until, you know, Bruce Banner starts working with it. So yeah, it's interesting to see that it has other properties. It's sort of like the anti, you know, zero matter, dark force, like energy. Yeah. I
0: don't but then the, the, the one thing that, and I was doing a lot of live tweeting and stuff and I didn't get a chance to, I w- I meant to watch it again, but we get Thompson who's having drinks with, with some old buddies and then comes across a series of documents.
2: Yeah. That was a weird, it was a weird. scene Because it starts off, you know, saying it's in London and there's two people you can't quite make out like drunkenly singing. And at first I thought it was another flashback. That's
0: what I thought at first too. With Jarvis
2: and Anna, um, because that's sort of what we've been set up. So, so that was a little confusing. And then it's Thompson, like, he went all the way to england to get drunk with somebody so i'm like okay he's trying to because in the previously on it he's talking with vernon about getting dirt on Peggy. so it's like okay he's talking to like one of her old friends or something but then it turns out it's one of his old friends and that's where i was confused because then this guy's like talking about how he broke his hand and how he used to always get in bar fights in school and i'm now i'm wondering wait a minute did i forget something about thompson's backstory like why does Was he in England as a kid, or was this guy who we've never met before a friend of his who was in the States as a kid? Like, how do they how do they know each other, and how does he know that he used to get in bar fights, like either in high school or college? He just says like junior year or senior year. So there was just a lot of like confusing things, and then that guy had like a file that he forgot to mention he had with him the entire time they were drinking, and until the end. (laughs) And also, maybe I'm going to feel like an idiot here, but when did Thompson break his hand? Or did that happen, another thing that happened off-camera? Because then later in the episode, or the next episode, he has his huge
0: cast on his hand. He has the bandage thing. No, I'm trying to remember what happened. No, something happened...
2: that's what I'm trying to remember. Did we see a thing? I think we did.
0: I'm trying to remember what it was, but yeah,
2: there's something (laughs) he's just been such a non-entity this whole season.
0: that I just kind of fades in and fades out. So yeah. And that was a perfect
2: example that he shows up in a completely different place with a character we've never met dumping a bunch of backstory that we may or may not have known all to get a file that was somehow incriminating of Peggy committing war crimes. See that. But was also a fake. The whole plot just didn't make any sense. Yeah, to me, because I gotta he say he finds a
0: way to unredact the documents. You know that with that with just like a viewfinder. Yeah, finder. with that gizmo. It's like sure, and, okay, and, spy device. And, you know, she's not? a part of the SEO. It's like okay, well, we knew that because that was right the whole bit. And it's and it says something about a massacre. But but the thing S- – but we don't really
2: know what that is, or is she supposed to have been part of a massacre?
0: Well, and it, the, the interesting right. thing is it said June of forty four. Okay, well, D, right, that was, you know, D Day was was June 6, forty four. Cap was still mm-hmm. alive, so they were fighting Hydra actively during that time. You know, I think I think right. Cap started in. He finally made it over to the actually into the war effort. I think at the uh, I have to I, I mapped this out at one time when we back. I think when we did our. Um, we did a couple episodes a while back for people to go and listen where we D we, we did like, um, phase one and phase two, where we just kind of deconstruct it. We actually did for phase one. We haven't actually done it for phase two, um, where we went through and literally like picked apart, like all the references and the in jokes and everything. Right. right. And we kind of had this, this time, you know, we mapped out the timeline of like, okay, when did Steve actually join the war effort versus when he became captain America and, and, uh, you know so i think it was either very beginning 44 or very end 43 when when he actually you know stopped being you know a salesman for war bonds and actually joined the war and i think it was into early 45 When he disappeared, because it was right before VE Day when he when he went away. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make sense because they were like SEO. Well, technically, she was SSR, but I guess because she was British, she was maybe on loan to the SSR from the SEO. Um, Yeah. You know, there was a lot of weird stuff in World War Two, you know, with all these different OSS and, you know, all these other different agencies, you know, right together. So. Mm-hmm. I don't and 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 then when he confronts her with it she's like well, I don't know what you're talking about this is obviously fake you know war crimes what are you doing so yeah I'm, and it went nowhere yeah. she
2: was just like I, I'm completely uninterested and once again it's just you know we keep wondering like okay Thompson's got like a master plan but like he clearly doesn't like he was still up to that point like doing Vernon's dirty work um, and the whole thing was Vernon made up a fake file that he wanted Jack to find so that Jack would willingly be against agent. It's just like so weird. Like why didn't Vernon just use that made up file in the first? Yeah. Why didn't he
0: just slap it on, you know, Jack's desk and (laughs) say, you know, we got this from the Brits, you know? And yeah,
2: you know, exactly. I just, I, I will give the writers so much credit for everything that they've done this whole season. We've talked about that. We were talking about it earlier, just the characters, the relationship, the story, but they i just completely have lost faith in that they knew what they were doing with thompson i mean they just to me that just felt like they were just desperately trying to cram something in there
0: and the only other thing i can think of is are they were the is this the setup for season if they were hoping for a season three like uh you know that that there was something that maybe Peggy was a part of that she wasn't proud of that had to happen that now that has been drudged up, that they make a plot point out of season three. I don't know, but, and I,
2: but the way she just brushes it off. Yeah. And it wasn't
0: like, it it doesn't impact her at all. And it wasn't the typical, you know, when, A director will do it's like okay pretend you don't know uh, about this even though you know about it you know where they kind of like are over dramatic about brushing it off right
2: but you as an audience can still understand like okay they're lying you know or there was none of that it was she was completely like i don't know what you're talking about you are she her the look on her face was the look i have on my face whenever thompson's (laughs) it was just what are you doing Like, you're on the wrong side. Your entire plot has just been to get in the way of us. And it was literally that. She's like, are you serious? We're, we're like, literally at the end of this plot point for the season, like, trying to wrap up. Like, the world could end. And what are you doing? You're still, like, Vernon's lapdog? Like, seriously? Like, wh- why are you even here? Like, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, And it was just like, wow, what I... <laughs> And, you know, obviously, if we jump ahead a little, like he sort of finally starts playing ball, but it it was not worth it at all. There was no pay. It was just like, oh, why couldn't he have just done that the whole time? It could have saved us all a lot of money.
0: And I don't expect this to be something that they go back and like, I don't expect this to come up in the finale at this point. Like,
2: no, uh, no, not at all. That it's just it's so that's sort of the problem I have with it. It's we're going to reach the end of the season and it did nothing. It didn't. Thompson didn't grow as a character nothing was revealed about anybody he didn't see, he, I nothing yeah. you know it was just like it was a complete waste of a he's he's more or less back where he was supposed to be at the end of last season. yeah the whole the entire thing was just like that, that could have been somebody else yeah that should have just been Vernon Masters like stepping in from the very beginning with a position of authority within the SSR right. and, and sort of you know railroading everybody right, right. And instead, it was like, I I really think they just had no idea what to do with Thompson because they're like, we can't have everybody go to LA. Right, right. But, you know, he really could have just been her inside person over in New York, and he could have been sort of like clearly working at odds with Vernon. They could have made Vernon much more of a threat because I really feel like that was another misfire the entire season is he never felt like a threat um, to me, like, so it was just like I think they could have made him more threatening and imposing his will more in the SSR. And then Jack could have sort of been playing basically what he did in this this second episode yeah, tonight. I, I think like he could have played him the entire season. Yeah,
0: I think from a character standpoint, from an acting standpoint, I think, again, we talked about people stepping up their game. I think definitely Thompson's character, despite this kind of craziness that we just talked about uh definitely stepped it up and the way he was playing all sides against the middle I thought was actually pretty well done. I think I, that was I think Chad Murray did a very good job of, of of playing that type of character.
2: It was and it and it sort of to me was even more frustrating. Right. Because then it right. was like what? this is exactly what you could have made this happen the entire season. That would have been a great yeah. thing. Him playing cat and mouth yep. with Vernon the entire yep. season. It, because both Vernon and Thompson felt very disconnected from the story. And it felt like they just kept sort of shoehorning them in. Um, and I really think that could have been a great way to include them is to have them sort of doing this behind the scenes power struggle. You, you know, Peggy and everybody don't know whether to trust Thompson because he's selling it so well. And, and then in the end, you could have even had to go up until this moment, like even up to the point where they're doing like this, you know, bomb exchange thing. Nobody still knows whether they're trusting Thompson or not, you yeah. know, and th- that would have been an amazing, you know, we as an audience would hope, but at the same time, like, that would have been a great chance for him to really like act and, and, you know, even give, uh, you know, uh, God damn, red. I'm like, God, I cannot, Kurtwood Smith, I cannot thank you. Kurt Smith, <laughs> give him a chance to, you know, it, it would have been a great opportunity for them to really like act that out or yeah. really sell that the whole season and add in some of the sort of spy intrigue a bit more. Um, so yeah, in a way, I mean, I'm glad it was much more enjoyable the second episode to see him actually do something. Um, but it sort of drove home, like this is what he should have been doing the entire time. So, uh, yeah, I, the sort of the only points I knock off the show this season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: But you know, that's okay. I, I think everything else has been stellar. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll forgive yeah. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they decide. I thought this was actually a pretty clever bit. How they're they're going to get Wilkes back by trading the uranium and actually by faking it and you know mm-hmm. making you know making something that will make them think they have uranium even though they really don't have uranium. Um, so they take the. Of course they they go to take the rods back and um, they try and make an exchange. And I, I thought the, the really cool part of this was uh, Peggy and. Uh, and um, Whitney's exchange with each other where, you know, she says something mm-hmm. about like girl power or something like that. And, and, uh, and Peggy says, Oh yeah, you're a staunch defender of the sisterhood. I just, I just thought that was a really right. cool yeah, line.
2: She, yeah. Cause Whitney's like, you know, it's a shame for such, you know, two such accomplished women, something like that to be at odds with yeah, each other. Yeah. And yeah. And it was like, well, you, you know, Peggy's basically like, well, you know, whose fault is <laughs> yeah, that? exactly? <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. I again, like, I think she, you know, Frost has been the real. I feel like they kind of positioned Vernon as a villain, but Frost was like the real. Villain, oh sure. And, yeah. You know, she was definitely the real threat to um, Peggy, and in, in a way that you know Dottie was in the first season. Right. Right. Um. And and yeah, I, I they've done such a great job of being against each other, and and I really loved it because I in my mind, I think one of the big things people always talk about is, you know, we need more female superheroes, I, but I think nobody's talking about that. We need more female supervillains. villains. You oh, know? sure. Like, absolutely. W- you know, I want to see the person, the all powerful person behind the scenes, pulling all the strings. It's, you know, it seems like it's almost never, you know, if you have a female bad guy, she's almost always like a Lieutenant, you know, a second in command. Um, but I think in the MCU, this might be the first instance where, you know, the main most powerful person, like commanding everybody else, uh, you know, the supervillain, you know, for all intents and purposes, is uh female. Yeah. yeah. So and actually has like powers and everything yeah. too.
0: So looks like we may uh so, we may see a little more of that in uh, Thor Ragnarok, but uh
2: Yes, and I'm very excited about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean I wanna see that start changing. I mean it's a it's one of those things that you know, hasn't really been highlighted as much, but I think it's just as important, um, is, you know, more, more diversity all around,
1: you
2: know? Um, so, but yeah, that, that's just one of the things I've loved about this, this season is giving, you know, Peggy, a formidable female foe.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and she's done a great job, um, with it. So,
0: So anyway, so after after they kind of have that exchange, and then the, the the suitcase that holds the things drop, and of course when they fall out, they don't explode or leak right. or cause, cause <laughs> like they don't yeah, all die. they don't all die. They realize it's a fake, and then things get get really hairy from there, where uh, they kind of have to shoot their way out and uh, and escape and um and get away, and then uh you know again this is where things get all crazy and then you know it's kind of like Thompson, Masters, Peggy, Sousa, you know they all kind of like agree that uh you know kind of Whitney is is the end villain it's it's almost kind of like like the nuclear option that they're that they have with each other where it's like okay uh you know, I won't push the but you know I won't push the button because if I push the button, you're going to push the button, and if you push the button, then he'll push the button. You know, so it's almost kind of like, uh, you know, like the nuclear. You know, it's it's the war games, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like nobody's going to rat or, or do anything to each other because we know the other person has just as much dirt on them. So they kind of agree at that point to swallow their pride and work together. And uh, Whitney, Whitney yeah. gets a hold of the actual uh, uranium.
2: Yeah and um I mean uh, one quick aside back to that little standoff thing is we got uh one quick sh- bit of Wilkes using his superpowers he he got a he was able to control his uh sort of phasing ability yeah, and, and, and he jumped out of the truck by jumping through the right, wall right which i was you know really excited about cuz i mean he's he's had a rough time and you know i almost wish his arc had have maybe accelerated a bit more but You know, I was really hoping that while Whitney was using her powers for evil, maybe we'd see Wilkes become sort of a a bit of a superhero and, you know, somehow be able to use his abilities one way or or another. So it was cool to see him do that. And I was a little bummed that we didn't get to see a little bit more of him, you know, passing through walls and, you know, using his ghost powers. Um, But I thought that was a cool little moment when he just, like, clearly got control of his powers and like just jumps out the the wall of the dam. Yeah. and double, i mean double crosses them too yeah i was gonna say this is, is, was sort of the other this thing. was a
0: pretty big turn for wilkes's character because at this point he's pulls a gun on peggy and um
2: yeah point yeah sticks six a shotgun yeah yeah
0: and, and then it becomes a whole well it's because he's being corrupted by the black you know by the zero matter and You know, and then we get to the next episode and he's like, "Mm, no, that was really me. Like, it, you know, you may think it was the zero matter, but it really wasn't. You know, it was, you know, kind of desperate, desperate time call for desperate, desperate measures. And we kind of realized Mm -hmm. that I think some of it was the greater good. Like, I think I think ultimately he was trying to get away because he's becoming unstable and he knows he's becoming unstable and and you know not quite as much as he will very shortly but he knows there's something going on with him that he needs to be away and if that and mm-hmm. at that more at that moment i th- i guess his thinking was well even if i have to shoot peggy to get away then uh, you know th- the life of one versus the life of many but
2: well yeah but then the weird thing is is he's the whole reason he's pointing the gun at her is he's trying to get Susa to reveal where those real right, uranium right. rods is so he's still working whitney's side so i guess the the sort of thing i'm wondering is why was he convinced that whitney getting those uranium rods was like a good idea i mean i don't i don't know if he thought maybe that would somehow cure him or yeah i mean maybe when they opened up the vortex yeah maybe
0: knowing that it's tied to the creation of black matter that he would somehow be able to either use it to reverse the process or to you know to just finally just be done with both of them like okay this is a way to get rid of us both
2: Right. Yeah, maybe it was that. Maybe he just thought, like, this is the only way to, like, defuse the bomb that he thinks he is. Right. But, I again, that was one of those moments that felt like a little... Because, you know, we never see him and Whitney, Whitney come to that understanding, you know? Right. We sort of, like, leave them at one point, and then all of a sudden there's, like, that double cross, and we don't really know how much of the uranium prisoner exchange was, like, faked on Whitney's part to, you know, because, obviously... They knew that Wilkes was going to turn. Um, so all that was a little, you know, I wasn't quite clear what Wilkes motivations were in the whole thing in terms of, you know, willing, being willing to kill Peggy just so that Whitney could get those uranium rods. Right. right. So, um, yeah, I, I wasn't entirely sure about that. But I guess, you know, it is like you're saying that he's just desperate. He just is trusting Whitney for some reason, thinking like, OK, somehow she's going to, like, help me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot going on in a lot of ways I think you can yeah, interpret. Yeah. A lot to yeah, unpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um might have to go back and watch those again. Yeah,
0: one of the cool things again I'm I'm like a date time nut, so one of the things we got was this was uh July 9th, 1947. So again, it kind of gives us a understanding of like where we're at, how far away we are right. from the war and And everything Mm -hmm. else. So I just, I always, whenever I see like dates and times on stuff, I always kind of take note of that, just to kind of give us a frame of you know where things are.
2: Yeah, it's good. I mean, I they don't they're they're kind of vague about that in the MCU a lot. Yeah, yeah. You never quite know where exactly things are happening, so it is nice to have like a point of reference, especially since there's so many different you know stories happening concurrently and things like that. So,
0: well, of course they they finish the gamma canon. Uh, they loaded up, and I, I tweeted this out because I thought this was kind of funny. But they loaded that thing up in the most forties ass forties truck you could possibly. Find. Yeah. Like it's like teal blue with like this crazy door in the back, and it was just like I was like, that is yeah. like so f- like forties fifties. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that was the the second time around. Yeah, yeah, because we the first time they're in like that big yellow truck. Right. Uh, you know when they go out to the desert, right. right. Um, and
0: that, oh, you right, know, right, yeah, the same yes, thing. Yes, yes,
2: yeah, but yeah, I did jumping ahead to that other one. I did think that I was like, wow, that's a crazy door. It <laughs> yeah. sort of like slides out sideways. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um, but of course, so they take it. They all head out to the desert, uh, and they realize that this this I I, I like Samberly really better in this episode than I think the other episode he was in. He was a lot more like bumbling when he shouldn't have been bumbling, and in this one he was right. he was a little more kind of had it together.
2: Yeah, he was a little more like cocksure about himself, yeah. whereas nobody else felt that way about him, which was yeah. great. Especially with Rose, I just love how much she is just not interested in him. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but and then the bits where they're like lining up the gun to sh- or the the cannon to shoot to make sure they shoot at the vortex, and you know, yeah. Sousa is like. I love that Sousa comes off as you do realize I was in the war and like, you know, I know what I was doing. So he makes it come across as like, he's like some like artillery expert or, or you know, whatever. And he's yeah, like, you know, the drift from, from the wind and all this kind of stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, after, after it's all said and done, Thompson goes, I didn't realize you were in artillery in the war. And he's like, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, so of course, when Whitney lets off the bomb, it sucks Wilkes up and starts uh, and actually sucks him into it. So it creates kind of this weird bubble and Whitney kind of freaks out because she feels like,
2: yeah, the, he's like chosen. Yeah. She isn't, <laughs>
0: which kind of starts to make you, you know, you just kind of start to see where Whitney's going with this, where she thinks this isn't just like, almost like this isn't, this part isn't science that this is like, there's something more to yeah. it. Like there's some sentience Definitely. or there's like something on the other side of this. That's, that's, that has some control or has some influence or something like that. And she feels like whatever it is, isn't picking her. And again, it right. I think it plays into a lot of her insecurities from, you know, her childhood that we saw a couple episodes, you know, a few episodes back, you know, when we got the flashbacks. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. It's definitely this sort of almost like Messiah complex thing where she doesn't think of herself as, and, and like most great villains, she doesn't think of herself as a villain. Right. You know, she thinks she's, somehow chosen to wield this power for she hasn't really made clear for what but you know maybe in her mind for the you know conquest of science or something so yeah to see like you know this other person you know yeah like ascending like almost godlike you know into this you know vortex you know he just sort of like levitates up with like his arms out and you know um and and then disappears and she's just like no this is my plan you know yeah like i brought him on board sure but you know i'm i'm the one who like cares about this he doesn't even care you know and i, I don't know we're not we don't really get an answer no. as to no. why it is that he got sucked up and she didn't
0: i, I kind of have a feeling that we may not get the ultimate answer but i think a lot of this yeah, next episode I don't, I don't think we will is is going to be Wilkes and Whitney kind of having this conversation or Wilkes explaining what really is going on. Cause I always get the impression that he's, he kind of has a clue about some of this stuff, but he's purposely not, uh, not, yeah, I not think so. and we got a, got a glimpse of that when he, when he disappeared at that time, He's talking to Peggy and he kind of, you know, we kind of went into that dark dimension or whatever, you know, that kind of like right. Lord of the rings <laughs> style, uh, you know? Thing. Yeah.
2: And I'm thinking maybe that's what happened because I mean, obviously when the, when everything blew up the first time she got these powers, but he clearly went somewhere. Yes, yes. Like, you know, we saw in the test footage of other things getting sucked in and she's sucking things in. So his, you know, she sort of has the almost active ability to like pull things into the, you know, dark force. Whereas he seems to have the ability to sort of go between the two, world yeah. so i'm you know if, if that portal opening was the other world then i think it, it sort of makes sense that he was the one connected to being able to like cross into that yeah, yeah um and yeah i think you're right i think he i think he knows a lot more and you know clearly you know jumping ahead again but at the end he the very end he like clearly unleashes some of that dark energy and like does something consumes her or something like that so yeah i think he's got some sort of control over it and who knows, maybe we'll open the next episode with the two of them, like in that other dimension. And like you said, he'll like explain things like I, I, I understand now I see so clearly or something like that, you know? Uh,
0: And then the episode ends with Jarvis and Peggy catching up to Whitney and he doesn't even blink. Like he just walks up and shoots her. Bam. Damn. And stone cold. And then we see that once the portal closed, that, um, that Dr. Wilkes was back. So he was just kind of laying on the ground. And of course we see like the weird yeah, sort of, uh, you know, like bubbles on, you know, various parts of his skin where there's something weird going on.
2: Yeah. For a second, I thought because of the way he was, maybe just the way he was laying or pulsing, it looked like he had a really huge forehead. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, and there, there was the gamma cannon. And I was like, is he like the leader? <laughs> Did he, yeah. is that what they're making him? Something like yeah. that. So, but uh, you know, that, I think it, That would have been too much. But (laughs) for a second, I was thinking, ooh, (laughs) that's interesting. But yeah, he's alive. Whitney is also alive. She can, you know, survive gunshots, which is another interesting wrinkle in her powers. I guess
0: she just sucks in the bullet just like... uh...
2: Yeah, I mean, she's pretty much like living zero matter at this point. So, and yeah, and then... Peggy and uh, Jarvis get
0: knocked the F out yep they get knocked unconscious uh, which then gives us a really really cool opening sequence for episode 9 i i was wondering you know mm-hmm. we knew this was kind of coming they were gonna have this musical number right and I was like okay how are they gonna work this in
2: uh and angie was gonna come yeah back.
0: yeah and so it opens up and it's black and white which seeing that opening sequence in black and white and they put a little film grain on it and everything i was like man how awesome would it be if this show was in black and white like i just started thinking i was like man this
2: would be so sweet it would be cool i mean it's sort of one of those things where it's like that would be really a neat thing but then at the same time you know one of the great things about the show is all the color yeah you know especially compared to like shield and daredevil and everything else so it's like oh man i could it it would almost be cool if they somehow switched back and forth or something between the two then i was
0: like man it would have been awesome to have like a version of Captain America, the first Avenger in black and white too. <laughs> just like me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Think of all this crazy stuff, <laughs> uh, but that'd be funny. So then of course we get, uh, she's just, you know, dreaming or, you know, hallucinating from being knocked unconscious and probably can slightly con- concussed. Uh, mm-hmm. and so she has this musical number, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, a lot of call callbacks in this one. So she, she was in the yeah. red dress and not the same red dress that she was in, in, uh, the first Avenger, but but a red dress and uh, mm-hmm. looking stunning, of course. And uh, they do this whole musical number and then Angie's back and it's it's it was it was just really well done. I I, I yeah. liked it a lot. It was,
2: uh, yeah, I love when shows do that. I mean, I'm not like a fan of musicals, but I love musical episodes when they are sort of like tongue in cheek or meta um yeah, Fringe yeah. Fringe did a great musical Buffy, episode.
0: of course, is like the standard for, right. for all of that. And,
2: you know, especially, you know, in the sort of Whedon connectivity yeah, of it yeah. all. Um and, you know, Simpsons have done some great ones and stuff. So I again I liked that this one was doing it in a sort of tongue in cheek meta way. Yeah. Like it, it's almost like her subconscious, everything that's going on with her um you know, is is played out in the form of, of this musical thing. And and a lot of it is sort of about her feelings towards Wilkes and Sousa too. That's sort of like the the theme of the song a little bit is about her like choosing yeah. and being like, I, there's some sort of line where she says, uh, you know, they were a nice distraction. And I, I sort of liked that idea. Like, again, she's taking the typically masculine role of like, you know they're both interesting and they're great, and you know it's sort of a nice distraction, but even though I'm sort of conflicted about how I feel about them, it's it's second to everything else I'm dealing with yeah, it's like uh, there's a lot bigger things going on than my love life right yeah. now,
0: and which I appreciate it's kind of brought to a head because the way she actually kind of wakes up and snaps out of it is rose punches her in the face, which yeah you know, which is <laughs> great which I thought was awesome,
2: yeah, again, just really. Using Rose's strings, yeah, yeah, in these episodes, turning down Samberly and, you know, giving giving that right hook yeah. to Peggy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and at that point, they they kind of wake up and uh, Peggy starts to kind of lay into Jarvis. You know, this is where we get kind of the first of these back and forths between the two of them, where she's pretty. Upset with him for, and I not so much for what he did, but I think because she knows this isn't who he is. Like Jarvis isn't a cold blooded killer. Jarvis isn't this guy,
2: and he's not thinking straight. You
0: know, I mean, he all he was
2: thinking about was like vengeance and not well, what's going to happen to everybody else involved? And you know, the answer is now they're thrown in the back of this truck, going you know, God knows where.
0: Yeah. And then I love that the way they get out of it, she has that hot wire thing. So again, it was like a yeah, cool gadget spy yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, so of course they break out and then, and then again, they kind of get into more of this argument and, and they're,
2: and that was in, yes, it was, it was
0: extremely intense.
2: <laughs> she just, I mean, everything she says that it's, it's true. You know I mean? She really like, again, like I applaud the writers for just being, being like taking Jarvis to task, you know, and like, and just, you know, like, again, like Peggy, she's not bulletproof, you know, but she's, she's sort of just has this like moral and intellectual, like place of authority that she's always in. And I always appreciate that about her. You know, it's not that she's always right and it's not that nothing ever bad happens to her, but it's just like, you know what she's thought about this, like she has, Her her life isn't amazing or perfect and I I just love how she just laid it out to Jarvis. And I you know, it was a little cold blooded, but at the same time he you know, definitely really screwed up by doing what he did and, you know, put them all in danger and stuff. And all because he wants to go on these fun adventures, you know, and she's like, That's the thing that happened, like that was your choice. You know, like you you got to the point where you are because of the choices you made and you know, this is this is the life. This is the consequence of these adventures yeah. that you call yeah. them. And yeah, it got real. I mean...
0: <laughs> and then he kind of lets it drop on her that, you know, Anna can't have children and I haven't told her that yet. And, you know, Peggy kind of lays off a little bit and kind of understands it to yeah. some degree. But I love that bit where she's like, well, what are, you know, they're yelling at each other and it's like, well, what do we do now? And she's like, well, now we walk. And they just <laughs> they yeah. start walking. So again, it was just like these moments were just... Like I said, in these two episodes, there were just there were just so many great moments that that ran the the emotional spectrum from just mm-hmm, heartbreak yeah. to laughter to you know uh, you know cold cold reality. I just I don't know. I just really. I, yeah, I really I think episode nine, honestly, is probably like my standout episode of the season. Like I just I of the show period, like, you know, just again, yeah. starting with the musical number and then just the cross double cross and, you know, the conversations they had um, and, you know, pitting, you know, the only thing I could give to episode eight, which is maybe my second favorite is just the that conversation with Jarvis and his wife, you know, wife, just that, you know, just yeah, between exactly. Him and him
2: i mean as a as a set of episodes they really do like i i see i don't know how much it was planned but it was i think it was a really however it worked out it, it was really good that they play into each other because they they really do just feed into each other so well and and yeah i mean it's they they do a great job and and this is you know usually the case across the marvel cinematic universe but they really do a great job of making things be able to get real and dark and intense, which, you know, that keeps, you know, it's gotten ramped up more and more, especially in these two episodes, but still never getting bleak or depressing. You know, I mean, there's still, like you said, lots of humor and levity and those relationships that we love are still there, but they add layers to them, yeah, yeah. um, which makes them even better relationships. Um, And I mean, the Peggy Jarvis relationship, I mean, it is elevated it to another level. And it, to me, is one of the best relationships in the MCU, is the two of them together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: so, at this point, we get Thompson and Masters again. And uh, at, at this point, it, like, the tables are starting to turn. You can see Thompson um, is starting to play him. And it was really cool how it was done because, you know, okay, they're out in the desert they fired the weapon. Peggy and Jarvis are gone. Um, they know they're kind of in a bad spot and they see that it's, um, it's masters guys that are coming because those are the same guys that came and and gave Sousa a beat down. Um, mm-hmm. So at first you think it's going to be, well, Sousa is going to basically say, yep, we need to take him back to masters. He's double crossing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, those guys aren't having any of it and partially because of maybe Sousa's delivery, but partially because I just don't think they were buying it. And so I love the way here we get Thompson where he turns it around. He basically, because he's so, he's so good at it. He's so good at being at, at, at coming like Sousa is at his heart, like a good guy. And
2: I, yeah, he's the boy. Yeah, scout. And that comes like.
0: through, I think when he's trying to play the heavy and it, I think those guys can kind of sense it. And then when Thompson kind of turns the, The tables and is like, no, you know, get that gun out of my face. What are you going to do? Shoot me? You know, no. We need to take these guys in. So put your gun down and get them and let's go. And he's just so like he he played it off so well, you know that that you know they bought it and so that's how he was able to kind of save you know save everybody from kind of being in yeah.
2: And it's it's sort of the beginning of like a long con yeah
0: yeah. Um, Which again, it's just like damn it,
2: where was that Thompson for the other eight episodes like? That is a great character yeah. right there. Um, he was just top-notch throughout the whole episode, just constantly, like, crossing and double-crossing. And and we, as the audience, never... I mean, it was a great choice by the writers that we never see any of these plans, like, worked out. Like, everybody knows a different piece of the plan, but Thompson's the only one who knows everything. Right. And, and as the chief of the SSR, that's a great position of authority to be in for him to be in and really sells, like, this is why he's in charge, you know? Right. And, again, that I just really wish we would have seen that the whole season. But, I mean, there's no point in me saying that over and over. But, you know, they, I, I appreciated that we got a really good version of Thompson in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And he really, like, you know, delivered and really, like, stepped up.
0: Yeah. So, at this point, we see that Whitney... Is trying to extract the zero matter from Dr. Wilkes. And yeah. man, they Boy, is she that ever. needle. I was just like, man.
2: God. Oh. This guy, I just yeah. poor
0: Dr. Yeah. Wilkes. And oh, of, man. And of course, Menfredi is is all in on it. Uh but they're trying to pump the zero matter out of him and it's it's not coming. Like and nope. it, and, it, and it, it's kind of obvious that Wilkes is like willfully countering it like you know this mm. thing theoretically should work but he's uh you know he's he's going out of his way to use out every bit of strength he has left to kind of keep it keep it out of her hands um, yeah
2: which again is it, it's another sort of thing where we never see we never see him agree to her plan and then we never really see why he turns against her plan right like clearly he has some sort of change of heart but again we never really you know, he walks up with her to this explosion that he was a part of creating. And then, you know, I mean, I, I guess we see him freak out and realize like, look, I've got too much. Like when he's in the back of the car, oh,
0: yeah. and his like, eyes are all underst- solid black. And yeah, yeah,
2: like he clearly understands that like, he's got like an insane amount of power inside of him. And he's not really saying how much of it he's got control over or knows about, but He's basically just like, look, just trust me, like, I can't be around
0: people. Yeah, this is where he um, really ratchets it up and is like, I have to be as far away from, you know, civilization as humanly possible.
2: Right, so it's it's sort of a another turn for him. I mean, it, it seems like he's shifting a lot in these past couple episodes, but, which, um, you know, I don't know. It's going to be hard to see when all is said and done, like, exactly what the, his arc was, because it's sort of been all over the yeah. place, but... Yeah, he I, I guess we can assume that his sort of change of heart is that he feels like he's basically like a zero matter bomb at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um and he knows that regardless of Whitney's scientific interests, like all she wants is power and he's like, you know what, this is not this is not worth it. Like, I don't want to be like this. I don't want anybody else to be affected by this, like I need to just like not be involved in any of this anymore. Yeah.
0: And this is where I, I actually got my notes a little bit out of order. When I mentioned earlier about the kind of the the three way agreement between Masters right, and Thompson t- right. and, and Peggy and and Crew, like this is where they – because Peggy walks into the office after coming back and sees Masters in there, knowing what's going on, and she just starts wailing <laughs> on him. God, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. And then you know Sousa comes in, and they all like, no, 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 no. We're we're basically working together. And this is where again, th- this is. Uh, uh, where we kind of get this, you know, mutually assured destruction where it's just like,
2: right. you know. They say they all have dirt on each yeah. other, uh, which again, we don't we don't really know what all that is. We know the whole thing with Peggy's fake file, but I don't really know what the dirt that they have on Seuss is or anything. But it, it, to me, that was another like sh- quickly, like convenient little plot thing. Like I didn't totally buy that all of a sudden Vernon was just like, okay to work with everybody but i guess we can assume that he just sort of had his own agenda and he's like sure we'll do this yeah. for now until i have the upper hand the
0: in. only thing with susa is i guess at this point they know that he's working with he was working with peggy off the books like you know he sure, was kind sure, of like uh, lying about yeah, that's you know, where she was what she was doing and
2: but i the whole thing that i i sort of feel like hasn't really been delved into that much is you know at the beginning of the season there's this whole secret organization that runs the world but once Whitney sort of takes out the council, and now she's sort of crazy and it's in disarray. Like, my wonder is where exactly does Vernon's power come from? Like, why does anybody even?
0: Is it just that he has all these men under his employ? Uh, my or? Yeah, yeah, that's my guess. Is if he, yeah,
2: because it just it seems like why don't they just take him out? Like, why did? It, uh,
0: yeah, I guess he's the he's, council
2: doesn't exist anymore, and
0: I guess it's in a limited capacity. Because that's the other thing is like, are we going to see, uh, you know, Ray Wise's character? Are we going to see, you know? Any of the rest right, of them. this whole
2: arena club thing yeah. sort of got, like, pushed aside now that Whitney, like, sh- she said she needs them, but we haven't really seen any more of yeah. that, like, so again, and I I don't think we're really going to see that in all the action of the f- yeah. the season finale, you know, so.
0: I, I think this yeah, is another I, victim of, uh, it's season two and we may not yeah. get season three, uh, unfortunately. Exactly,
2: like, it's, yeah. But again, it was just another little thing of to me, Vernon was another character that they sort of had a little bit of an idea what they wanted to do with him. But then they did. They sort of lost the thread of his character as like the season went on and like what exactly he was supposed to be and like, why is he a thread and all that? So but yeah, regardless, they're all working together while also secretly working against each other. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, you know, typical spies. Yeah. Stuff. So at this point they decide they're going to track down Whitney and, and Wilkes and use the gamma ray again to to kind of finally put an end to all of this and
2: uh, right by taking out Whitney because that's the that's sort of like the bigger evil right, that they're right. all working
0: against. And so Thompson offers to go in instead of Masters. And, mm-hmm. and this was a great scene. Like when he goes in and starts yeah. talking to Whitney and, and, and again, you're like, okay, was this Thompson's end game the whole time? Like, was he, was he yeah. trying to position himself? And then, and then we find out, no, he was just trying to make her think yeah. that he was trying to do that so he could, you know, get one over. Um, and, and so she would trust him. And so then we find out what, what's really happening is Thompson tells Samberley to not make this a ray, but to make it a bomb and give him a mm-hmm. remote trigger, which, uh, you know, once the rest of the group kind of clues into that, they realize, you know, that this is going to be much worse than, uh, you know, than, than they thought that, that, you know, causing this to have an explosion is going gonna, is gonna to be, you know, a really bad thing.
2: Right, because they want to bring Vernon, you know, to some sort of justice. And the, also Wilkes is still there. Yeah. And... You know, nobody else seems particularly concerned about this, but Peggy wants to save him. Right, right. Yeah, and then they also maybe want to kill Whitney, but maybe Peggy doesn't. It's sort of unclear, but either way, they're like, you know, Jack making a bomb out of this is a bad idea. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then, of course, you know, we get that moment. Anna's home now, and... She kind of, again, another great conversation, you know, she just basically, Jarvis has to be the honorable man, like, it's your duty, and again, it kind of is a nice bookend to, at the beginning of the previous episode, where she kind of overheard him working with Peggy, and now she sees, like, he, yes, he's there to help her, but he's also there to protect her, and, and uh you know, help make sure she's safe, and so... You know, Anna kind of basically says, "Look, you—you're an honorable person, and you have to see this through." Uh, and you know, kind of, they—they they kind of have that moment, and so you know, it, at that moment, he thinks it's okay, and uh, and mm-hmm. then has Rose step in, which was, okay, you know, again another nice moment of to kind of lighten things up, where he gives her like all these recipes, and all, you know, do this on this, this day and do this. Well,
2: on this day. that that was back. Um... That was back when he was going to kill... Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah, because he basically
2: is, like, walking to his death because he gives her his will. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Which was, like, pretty... uh, Yeah, we didn't talk about about that, but that was pretty a bleak thing, too. Like, he basically thought he was going to his death, which, again, is another low moment for his character. Like, his... He didn't learn his lesson about his wife getting hurt because of his actions. Right. And he's now going to potentially die and leave her alone just for vengeance. So, I mean... Yeah, again sort of a dark moment that when Peggy has that, you know, basically tells him how it is that he, he sort of snaps out of it and is like finally realizes like I need to be with my wife. She's you know, been shot, you know, almost died, I need to be with her and and then again another great moment from Anna with her just being like, Okay, look, it's I appreciate that you saw the light and you saw that, but at the end of the day, like you you know, you need to be there, yeah. you know, this is a big thing, and, you know, there's a lot resting on this, and, and she needs you in some way, and, um, and, you know, like, I'm okay, I've got doctors here, I'm in a hospital, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I, I know you're here for me, but you need to be there for her too, which, you know, again, is, it's just sort of great on all sides, like, it lets, it lets both characters really, like, grow, and, and of course, you know, we're gonna have, I'm sure Jarvis, you know, somehow coming in and saving the day,
0: Yeah, you know, in this final episode yeah. and maybe Howard Stark. I don't no, know. He definitely is. It, okay. Yeah. They showed the preview for the next episode and Howard's all okay, over. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Okay, yeah.
2: good. Cause I imagined he would be, it's sort of the same formula as last season and that would be a weird place to leave him where he just sort of disappeared back in like episode three yeah. or four. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, thinking maybe they team up somehow, and yeah he
0: looks to have a large goes. presence in the finale, okay, so. good,
2: yeah, hopefully they'll ride in with a van full of gadgets, yeah, yeah, save the day,
0: but w- Wilkes again, this is where you you know Wilkes and Peggy kind of have that moment, and that's when he tells her, like, look, it's you know this, this this was me, like you know that you know when I put that shotgun in your face, you may think that was the zero matter, but that really wasn't the zero matter, this was really me, and yeah. Then he starts to kind of. Yeah, that was a really so. cool effect with him too, where skin starting to crack, like it's starting to, yeah. like break apart, and uh, it was just it. It was really cool. I don't know. I, I can't. Yeah. It. Uh, it wasn't very complex. You know, it was just kind of like a, no, a simple no, effect, it, but it it really worked.
2: Yeah, it, it does, and and showing that like he kind of is like bursting. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he's about to blow. Yeah. You know, in some way.
0: So then, of course, Thompson goes in, and you know things start to get a little haywire between uh, Wilkes and Whitney, and he tries to leave, and he try. Of course, he tries to fire the bomb off, but because Peggy and and Group knew what he was trying to do, they have a thing that jams the signal. And mm-hmm. I thought at first maybe well maybe Thompson was going to sacrifice himself, like he was going to pull you know like right. like a, a, a you know the chief you know from the from yeah, you know, yeah. For, you know, just like. Dually. Yeah, dually. You know, take one for the team. I thought maybe that's what he's doing. And no, it turns out it wasn't. He was just waiting for a way to escape and remote detonate this thing and and kind of yeah. finish it all off.
2: Yeah, that would have been a weird mirror because I think that was episode. Uh, it wasn't episode nine because there was only eight, but it was like Seven. the second yeah. to last episode. Yeah. yeah. And he did that. So it's like the chief always sacrifices himself in the yeah. 11th hour. But yeah, he, no, he's not interested in sacrificing no, no, himself. No, no. But he'll kill everybody yes. else. Or at least, you know, Vernon, Whitney, and Wilkes. Yeah,
0: So we kind of left, you know, on a, on a bit of a cliffhanger where, you know, all this stuff is going on and we're just kind of waiting to see how it, uh, how it right.
2: all plays. Right, well, up. and then Wilkes, like, sort of bursts into the room yeah. just as Whitney's, like, sort of consuming Masters. Vernon. Yeah. Um, and he, like, unleashes a bunch of the uh, dark force. Like, uh, he just sort of, like, explodes out. Yeah like, with the energy, so clearly he just upped his powers, or maybe he exploded, or, yeah, you know, took her into the dark dimension, I don't know, but, yeah, pretty, uh, I was kind of like, oh, whoa, did the episode just end? Yeah, like, yeah. it was pretty intense, so, yeah, that's, a uh, that's, uh, definitely a heck of a cliffhanger to leave it on.
0: Yeah, and a lot to, it seems like there's a lot to wrap up in one hour. Um, I, I know, I, I agree, I really... It's it's hard for me to
2: believe that they're going to be able to tie all that up. And again, it'll be interesting to see if some of those elements were maybe tended to be you know left intended to be left open for a third season. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll it'll be uh interesting to see uh you know I I hope that you know sometimes finales can be a little you know underwhelming on things like this. And since there's been so much going on, I, I do wonder like how they're going to sort of be able to wrap it up in like a satisfying manner. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, they've done a great job so far. So
0: yeah. And, and hopefully again, they'll, I hope will do. It. I'm not going to, even if we don't get full resolution on everything, I'm not really, you know, normally if this was any other show uh, and they ended on some kind of crazy cliffhanger or left a lot of unanswered questions, I'd be a little more uptight about it but mm-hmm. knowing that this character has ties to the movies knowing this character has ties to agents yeah, of shield exactly knowing just the way the mcu yeah, works in general yeah they could easily if if the fear is and and the concern from from the fans are you kind of screwed us over and not really given us any closure you know for for these plot threads uh, i have faith that they'll either do like a 2 hour movie or you know tie it into a flashback in agents of shield or you know, Netflix picking it up or something like that. I I have a lot more confidence that we haven't seen the last of, uh, of this character and these characters, regardless of whether we get a season three or not.
2: Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's a hundred ways that they could resolve it. And, and yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting, you know, with, with the MCU, like obviously there's so many other avenues and plus we in a way know that, unlike any other show where it's just sort of ending and you don't know what's happening to the character like we know what happens to peggy sure. yeah like, absolutely we, we sh- this is the oldest you know one of the oldest things in the mcu timeline so i mean she's still around so it's um so there's tons and tons of opportunity all along the way to like somehow resolve this or reference this you know even if it's like in the current timeline, and she's like, oh, I remember. I don't know, you know, like reminiscence yeah, or something. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it—there's a lot of ways they could do it.
0: I mean, this is a lot of speculation here, and I don't, I don't want to belabor it too much, but I wouldn't put, him, put it past ABC to just say, you know what, this is a loss leader. This is a way to keep, you know, even though it's a diminished audience— Maybe. This is a way to keep the ball rolling and to give us a nice break for Agents of Shield, so that we could do, you know, definitely, you know, definitely, we could do eleven, you know, eleven and eleven, or we could do twelve and ten, or whatever the split is, and have this break in between to where we don't have to run a bunch of reruns, we don't have to fill it with other content, we don't have to do this, that, and the other. We could just throw this thing in here that we could turn around and sell it to Netflix, sell it to the secondary exactly. market, and if, you know.
2: If they keep getting advertisers on board and they feel like they can cover their costs, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very sort of unique thing in terms of television because nothing's really sort of occupied this spot where it happens sort of in the dead zone between the first and second half of season of another show. Yeah. So, yeah, there, it's, it's entirely possible. And I mean especially with most wanted apparently seeming like it's going to air in the fall like concurrent with shield i guess it 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 does seem like they really like this sort of thing where they can have this thing in between both half both halves of shield so yeah it it sort of makes sense you know the only thing is like can we make back our budget yeah and you know, we don't really know what the advertising situation is behind the scenes, but yeah, if they feel like they can do that... And maybe they then they
0: kick it back down. You know, maybe it goes back down to eight or six, you know. Definitely. And, I, I could see that you now and just say, okay.
2: Or or maybe they just wrap it up as like a two-hour movie of the week or right, something. Right, yeah. I mean,
0: That's what I said. You know, it, yeah. it gets back to I, I have confidence that if they don't wrap things up in a tiny bow, which seems improbable in, in an hour, right? that right. we'll get closure somehow. Um, yeah, definitely. So I, I feel... You know, knowing absolutely nothing, I feel confident about that.
2: Yeah, and and to be honest, like I you know, we kind of didn't know whether we'd get a second season at all. So I'm just glad that we got this second season because, you know, I enjoyed the first season, but I really think that the second season has given everybody involved the chance to really up their game sure. and yeah. um and you know, if nothing else, it's a nice little two season mini series of a show. Right. So yeah, it's a, yeah, I think it's I think it'll all work out.
0: <laughs> Me too.
2: But yeah, we'll see. We'll see next week. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll get some sort of indication, you know. You know, at least with how things end.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And it you know, it took them a while before we, you know, got a full green light on season 2. So it I did. think it was It did. It
2: took a while, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of Maybe May? It, yeah, or... it was like
0: May or June.
2: Yeah, it was It was yeah, it was definitely towards the end of the of, not the year, but, you know, the television yeah. year. because I think we, they um, pretty
0: much announced, they confirmed season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. along with season two of Agent Carter, so.
2: Yeah, and I think they reconfirmed the Mockingbird spinoff, too. Yeah. I think they kind of all in one fell swoop were like, all these things are yeah, happening, yeah. so. Yeah, so, and, you know, Agents of Shield's kind of in a similar position where we never really know until the last minute that it's getting renewed, yeah, so. Yeah,
0: it's funny, I've been looking at you know, kind of, you know, there's a couple sites that do the, you know, is it on the bubble? Is it going to get, you know, is it a sure thing it's going to get renewed? And based on other shows, it looks, it's in the, like, highly probable this will get it renewed uh, category. So, you know, unless the ratings right. fall off the rails with with S.H.I.E.L.D. in the back half, it it looks like it's it's in that safe zone of of getting renewed.
2: Yeah, and with most shows, you really don't find that stuff out towards the end of the season anyway. I mean, even something like... You know, Flash, which has like huge ratings. We never really know that it's getting renewed for, a ne- you know, we can assume, but they usually don't drop that stuff until later yeah, on
0: anyway. Yeah. So, I mean. Except for like Walking yeah, Dead, yeah. where it's like after the third right, episode, it's like, when, yep, it's getting exactly. renewed. <laughs> There's a couple of shows where sure. it's like
2: this is coming back 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, with, with a lot of these things, it's like, yeah, you never really know. And, and because Carter airs so early, it's like, well, we're not going to know by the end of the season because they're still in the middle of the rest of TV. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, we, it's definitely going to be a little while before, we know, but at least we'll have uh, shield to uh, distract us.
0: That's correct.
2: From our, from our worries. Yes.
0: Yeah. And next week, uh, expect the episode to probably be late. I'm going to be traveling, uh, for business next week. So normally we try and record on Wednesday, uh i i will be out of town on wednesday and so i may or not may not be live tweeting which will be a bummer if i can't but uh if uh if i if i'm not working and i can sit in the hotel i'll definitely live tweet the episode as i as it airs but if not we will uh we'll record it later so uh, if you don't see the episode up on thursday it'll probably be up on saturday because friday uh, MCU exchange does the MCU exchange show which you can find out find at uh, mcuexchange.com, com, and uh, there's a link to the YouTube channel there uh, yeah which uh, I, I believe this will be the fourth third epi- fourth, yeah, fourth yeah. episode fourth episode
2: fourth yeah. episode yeah 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 they're doing every Friday on the MCU exchange YouTube and yeah of course it's you know YouTube's all messy with their links so it's probably easier to just go to mcu exchangee.com yeah definitely follow it from there because there's I don't think there's really like a YouTube dot com slash i don't really know how that works with youtube i feel like they're constantly rearranging stuff yeah but but you could also probably just type mcu exchange into youtube yeah definitely that or the channel will pop up but but yeah they're covering some of the similar stuff we do but you know different group of people you know doug um from who's been on many episodes of this show talking about uh you know a lot of stuff that we're talking about but in a different way. Absolutely. And it's... So, yeah. And they've got some... Yeah. They've got some cool stuff, I think, coming up. So, definitely worth checking out. Yeah.
0: So, definitely. So, check out uh, that show. And then, you know, all the cool news and articles that that go up on NMC Exchange. So it's not just... You know, like we said before. It's not just, you know, breaking news kind of stuff. It's a lot of episode uh, reviews and deconstructions. It's other... Uh, you know, deconstructions, especially, you know, when when new characters are kind of announced as either being in the MCU or coming to the MCU, usually there'll be a breakdown of, you know, kind of their history and, yeah. and you know, what they've, you know, where they come from and, and who they are uh, up on yeah, the Yeah,
2: I'm going to be doing one of, of uh, Slingshot, uh, who's coming on awesome. S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm going to do like a little meet and greet thing on that, and uh, yeah, I do... I do like breakdowns of the big moments of Agent Carter, um, and then Doug uh, does the reviews of Agent Carter um, every week. And we'll be doing the same thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up. So yeah, yeah, like you're saying, there's all sorts of original content plus all the news and stuff. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, so
0: definitely check that out. And then uh, you can hear me on a couple other uh, podcasts going on. Uh, Of course, we do this one if you head over to hhwlod.com. Uh, you can hear me definitely on the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, my co-host on that show, Jim Dietz, does a DC TV podcast. So if you love the Marvel and the DC, uh, you're not one. You you haven't picked a side. You love both sides. Uh, you could check that out uh, as well, uh, along with all the other podcasts that are there too. So, uh, meanwhile, you can head over to Facebook.com/slash MCU podcast uh, and hit us up on Twitter Twitter at MCU underscore podcast. Uh, like I said, I like to live tweet the episodes, um, and as things come up, I'll I'll usually uh, have something to say about that. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter, um, and you can email the show at itsallconnected at gmail.com. And uh, again, Facebook group, definitely um, I, I'm trying to put episode threads up for each episode so we have some discussion points for the show. Uh, we went a little long today, so hopefully we'll have a few more comments for next week. Uh, and we can we can kind of dive into those, so thanks everybody for yep. uh, participating over on the Facebook page again, thanks for listening. So this has been Matthew and Russ, and you've been listening to it 's all connected.